0: Everybody, Welcome back to another episode of the Unbound and Rewound podcast, a horror podcast where we dissect every bone-chilling book and movie to look deeper within their anatomy. I'm so excited to have you all back for another episode because this week we're doing something a little different. But before we get into that, what are we streaming? What are we watching? Oh, I actually, the Junji Ito series on Netflix came out. This past week and so I'm not an anime person but I gave it a shot because I will be reviewing it for a future episode hint hint keep a lookout for that if you are into anime but I talked about it a little bit on my TikTok so if you want to see kind of where my head is at with the series go ahead and check out that video on TikTok at unbound and rewound podcast and they also released that 90s show Listen, that 70 show was my favorite show. Such a nostalgic thing for me because my nana always played it when she was cooking dinner or just sitting down. It was it's a very timeless show for me, and so I love that show. So glad that they rebooted it and are doing that 90 show. Although I will say it's feeling a little Nickelodeon-ish. I don't know we'll see. We'll see where where it goes. I'm just glad that we have Red and Kitty still on the show because they are really they're really what make it you know. other than that I haven't watched any movies this week. I've been very very busy reading <laughs> it's odd as that might sound to some I've been very very busy reading but next week infinity pool comes out and fear which if you haven't heard of fear it's kind of like if you've seen would you rather on netflix or one of the various other like escape room it's kind of like you have an ensemble cast and they're all being tested to their limits pretty much and so that's coming out and infinity pool the 27th so if you're looking for something to catch in the theaters you can catch those two movies. It's very overwhelming because there's going to be two horror movies out in theaters. How am I ever going to cope? How am I, how how do I find the time to see both? I don't know, I'll figure it out though. If we are watching, streaming the same things this week, definitely let me know on any of my social medias. Feel free to let me know what you're watching and what you're streaming outside of what I've already talked about on my social medias as well. I wanna hear from you all, I wanna know what you're watching or if I've said something you've never heard of, you decide to check it out and you like it or you don't like it, that's so fair. I wanna know either way, I won't be hurt. If you listened to last week's episode, you would know I do have some merch out, out in the world now, mainly because I wanted to buy my own merch, because I am my number one biggest fan, but also in case anybody wanted to buy some stickers to, I don't know, stick illegally on public surfaces, or buy a little cute tote bag, because who doesn't need a tote bag? Even if you already have five, you could use six if you have seven you could use eight who i mean nobody nobody's gonna judge you for having too many because tote bags come in handy all the time so yeah you can find that on etsy your horror podcast and of course that's the handle to all my social medias too and if you're not already on there if you're not already following me i don't know why but we can hash that out later because now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of this week's episode when I was planning this season, the third season of the podcast, I really wanted to bring something different to the table because before, well, besides besides being a little bit nicheer than before, I wanted to bring something newer to the table that some other podcasts might not be doing. Of course, a lot of movie podcasts will, they'll do like interviews with actors, with directors, um, and they'll talk about either old movies or new movies. But something that I haven't seen any of these other folks doing out here is talking about short films. Now, if there are people talking about short films, point me to them because I've never seen it happen. But this week in particular, and hopefully one week next month and the next month and the month after that, we are talking about short films. I really want to incorporate this into at least... Like, every so often in every season, I can't... I don't want to necessarily say that it's going to be, like, like once every month because there are a lot of different movies coming out. But I feel like short films are such an art. It's And, and we'll get into why. We'll get into why they're so important and influential and just amazing in general. But I feel like... There are so many out there to discover and to watch. And it's not like watching a feature film that takes you an, an hour and 40 minutes to even like two hours and 40 minutes these days. No. It, like you can sit and watch a whole short film in 40 minutes or less. And most of the ones on YouTube are actually less than 20 minutes. So the, e- even in that, there is a gift. In talking about short films, we first have to establish... What makes a short film? How do you know that a short film is good, so to speak? You know, I don't really like to look at movies, books, films objectively, but more subjectively. So it's like, you know, what you may find not good, somebody else might find to be absolutely brilliant. And that is fair to each their own. Short films, in order to be short... (laughs) Um, have to meet certain criteria, especially if you want to make a short film. They can be easy to make to a degree, of course, that's coming from somebody who's never even made one, but so that you just need a camera, an act some actors or no actors, and a script and I'm pretty sure that's with a creative mind that's all you need there's there's a certain structure that short films will typically follow in order to produce your so-called short film. Now, the main objective for short films is to quickly and effectively hit the core idea or intention of the screenplay and get it out as quickly as possible. Short films are typically no longer than 40 minutes, but... There's two different types of short films that you might come across if you're looking on YouTube or some streaming services even have short films that I've come across of as well, especially Hulu. Hulu has one. I think it's called Don't Hug Me. Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Maybe. I don't remember. I, de- I definitely feel like there's a hug somewhere in the title. But anyways, that is only like 25 minutes to 30 minutes. With the two different types of short short films, you have a three-act structure, and then you have an experimental outline structure. The three-act story structure is pretty much just how you would write a story, per se. Um, you have three acts, your beginning, middle, and end. In the first act, of course, you establish your protagonist and your setting, or it can just simply be introducing the audience to the beginning of your short film if you don't have the protagonist. Either way act one should grab your attention or whoever is watching and quickly establish everything that we need to know before act two or the middle begins. Act one doesn't have to have multiple scenes or doesn't have to have dialogue or anything like as long as by act two as long as you know where we're at as the story is taking place and who's who the story is focusing on and you want to get to act two, I would say act one has been accomplished, right? So then in the middle or act two... Um, This will usually perform like your typical functions associated with storytelling so you at this point you should be learning what the main goal or what the issue or motivation for your protagonist. So the middle or act two of short films is typically the longer part of the film in general because it establishes the core idea of the short film that you're watching, and it also establishes the genre for which the short belongs to. So with horror short films, which is what we're going to be talking about on this podcast because this is a horror podcast, come on now, by act two you should be introduced to the creature or the presence or... The frights and the spooks by act two. So then by act three or the end, either everything can be resolved or your protagonist is dead <laughs> because the malevolent has killed her um, or th- or him or them. And this is where you'll get your, your you know, big climatic ending as well. Another way that you can also look at the short film structure of the three acts is the setup, expansion, and payoff. Which, when you think about a short film, a movie in general, but like a short film, and you look at the structure the way that it is, it's like, yeah, the first act, you set it up. The middle, you're expanding on what's going on in the story. And then by the end, you get your payoff, whether the protagonist is killed or the opponent is killed, or everyone lives happily ever after, you get you get the payoff from the conflict. For short filmmakers, there are different links within each act. Apparently, from what I've read, the easiest way to adhere to the th- three-act storytelling structure is by having act one be 25% of your story, Act two be 50% of the story and act three be another 25% of the story to which you have 100% of a film. But then you may see some newer movies particularly do more of a 20-60-20 which still makes up 100. That just means that act one and act three are even shorter and it gives much more time for act two to expand. And that really could um, come into play when you're working with a short film or like short screenplay that is a little bit more of a complex concept to where you have to expand more on it. And so the setup and the payoff are just so much smaller of the story. Now that we understand the three-act story structure of a short film, the experimental structure is really just... You make the structure whatever you want it to be, whatever best suits your story. And this even applies to feature films as well. To do experimental film, oh my God, I can't even imagine how much work goes into crafting a story essentially with no structure, but but structure still. Like, there's a structure there, but I kind of see it as like the screenwriter who writes the story has the structure in their minds. Maybe nobody else understands it, but that person understands it. And honestly, is that really all that matters? It's the, that's kind of how Skinamarink is because it is um, an experimental film. People who do understand it tend to like it more. And people who don't understand it because it it has an experimental structure to it, they tend to not like it because things are just all over the place. Like, there's one part in the movie where the whole scene just cuts, and then the next scene says 526 days or something like that, and you're like, what? How did we get here? Does this mean that they've been here for 526 days? Is, like, what? So, If you're a very big plot person, experimental films and experimental story structures just might not be for you. And that's okay. Why I like short films so much is that, especially if I don't have time to watch an hour and 30 minute feature film, or, you know, of course nowadays it's typically like... An hour, like two hours and 45 minutes. Horror movies, depending on the genre, horror movies tend to be a little shorter than other movie genres. So, unless you're dealing with like an art house horror movie, I mean, slasher movies would probably be, I would say, where you would find your shortest runtime for a horror feature film. Because it's just, like, the, the story and the plot are just so linear. Like, you don't need to elaborate on a lot. There's a man or a woman or they, them. They're killing somebody. They're killing people. They're out for vengeance. And so people are going to die. And that's, that's always how it goes. The most recent slasher movie that I watched and that was released to my knowledge was Sick on Peacock. And it was written by the same screenwriter as the Scream franchise. And that movie was an hour and a half. And even, I would say, with that movie, I mean, you always kind of wonder in a slasher movie, like, what's causing this person to want to kill a large group of people? But, like, with this movie in particular, you... Because the movie is during the COVID pandemic. It takes place in the at the peak... Of the pandemic. So as you're watching it, you kind of wonder: is this related to the pandemic? Like, is this person killing all of these people because of something that is surrounding the coronavirus? And so I would say in that way, it's not the way that we've seen other slashers where it's like this person is killing because you all killed his mom, or this person is killing because he has a demon inside of him. Like, you know, how your your origin slashers have always been and how they have been copied throughout the years. Even though that film, Sick, uh, proved to be a little bit divergent from what we've seen in other slashers, concept-wise, not plot-wise, but concept-wise, it was still fairly short. But then you have Skin of a Rink that was... I'm pretty sure it was like two hours and 18 minutes, two hours. It was over two hours. Even some people have said that that's a little too long. The movie could have ended, you know, like at an hour and 45 minutes, which I would agree with. Because there, there came a point where I was like, all right, when, when are we going to, when is this going to wrap up? Anyways, we're not here to talk about feature films. We're here to talk about short films. As I was saying, what I like about short films, they are, of course, short. You can watch multiple in a row. And I also just like the conciseness of the plots and the narratives. You, you meet your protagonists and you get to know them all within under 40 minutes. And you get to know their motivations. But I also feel like short films bring a sort of originality to the horror genre that we're not seeing on screen part of that is because some concepts in my opinion are better being a short film like for example lights out that started as a short film a lot of horror movies actually i won't say a lot that was a little broad of a statement off the top of my head A handful of movies started as short films and then branched out to become feature films. And so for Lights Out, which began as a short film, it was then turned into a feature film, which had a lot of people saying they liked the short film a lot better because it was a concept that was so much creepier and scarier being under 30 minutes. The payoff that you get in a feature film... it it brings a different kind of reception to the story whereas the payoff in a short film typically especially in this case uh, for lights out i'm pretty sure the protagonist dies spoiler alert um but that first of all no that short film has been out for so many years now so if you have not seen it that's not even my fault (laughs) but for the feature film most horror movies feature feature films the protagonist will find a way to defeat the malevolent and will win and live happily ever after after or if they don't live happily ever after completely they get away scot-free only for then the malevolent to come back in some haunting way and prove you can't get rid of me But it's just like you sit through these hour and a half to two hour long horror movies for a concept that could have very well been better to be told in under 40 minutes. Take Skin of a Ring, for example. That movie started as a short film, or the concept at least, um, kind of started as a short film to which the writer and director, Kevin Edward Ball, then took it. And made it a feature film. But many people are saying that they liked the short film that this movie was based off of a lot better. Another short film that I kind of do want to talk about later on in the season is Piggy. I don't know if it's based in Mexico or in Spain. But it is a Spanish short film. And last year, 2022... It was actually made into a feature film. I didn't get to watch it. And so I kind of would like to watch it and then watch the short film and kind of compare the two. I think that could be fun. But I actually haven't heard many people talk about Piggy so much once it was turned into a feature film. But that's just another example of of a short to feature film. I watch some of these short films and I enjoy them. But... If I decided to buy a movie ticket to watch this, I feel like the plot would be dragged out to the point where it would quickly lose my interest, whereas give me 15 minutes to watch this and I'm going to be hooked the entire time. So the two films that I chose to talk about today I like to call it mirror horror. Now, that's not an actual subgenre of horror, but there are a lot of horror films that revolve around malevolent things and mirrors. So I I just am making up my own subgenre of mirror horror. And so today, <laughs> both films that I chose to talk about um, have to do with mirrors one of them being called the ballerina and then the other one is literally called the mirror i'm going to start with the ballerina which is only 7 minutes and 46 seconds both of these films add up to be less than 20 minutes the ballerina is 7 minutes and 46 seconds and the mirror is 11 minutes and 16 seconds. That's another reason why I like short films is because where you don't have necessarily a lot of time to create the themes and the motifs and create symbolism with the imagery, like you really have to trust the audience that's watching it to understand what you're trying to convey and either that or the filmmaker themselves are like I don't want to give too much away like if I were to make this any longer then it would make it too easy of course I've never talked to any short filmmakers but I can assure you that's probably what they're thinking because if I was a short filmmaker that's what I would be thinking with the ballerina It was directed and edited by Aaron Fradkin, and it was produced by Social House Films. And it's starring Valeska Miller. After I talk about this film and then the following, if you choose to watch them or are interested in watching them, you like them and you want to see more from either of these filmmakers, there are places that you can support them. Social House Films has a Patreon where you can go and see more of their work. And I will link all of that stuff in the show notes below. Now, and this is not like sponsored this is not like nobody reached out to me specifically and was like hey Avery can you please review my film nobody did that but I just want short filmmakers to be supported and so yeah hopefully you hear something about one of these short films or both of these short films that you really really like and you decide to check them out and and you decide to support them in ways that are helpful to them So back to the ballerina. This short film follows a ballerina as she practices alone in a studio. You can tell that she is a perfectionist as she goes over the same moves multiple times and tweaks her form each time. She soon becomes suspicious of her reflection as it seems to move without her. She soon realizes that her reflection is detached from her and it begins a game of quote unquote Simon Says like the reflection will do some ballerina dance moves and then the ballerina will repeat them back to her um and so it's it's all fun and games for a little bit and then the fun abruptly stops when the reflection performs a move wrong the ballerina corrects it and continues to correct but the reflection becomes angry with being pushed to dance perfectly and probably being told wrong as well As an act of revenge or anger, the shadow breaks the ballerina's bones and kills her. As the credits roll, the shadow... Not the shadow, I don't know why I said that. As the credits roll, the reflection continues to dance imperfectly. And happily, might I say. Of course, I just told you the entire synopsis of this short film. But that's okay, because quite frankly... I feel like the thing with short films, like yeah, the story is important, but also the imagery. So now that you've heard what the short film is, now you can go watch it and see what they were able to depict in seven, well, technically eight minutes. They used one setting the entire time, one actress the entire time. Of course, the, I can't, I don't have any information on what the budget for this film was, but either it was fairly small, and so that's why they made the decisions that they did for the setting and the production as a whole, or they just used most of their budget on other things besides the setting and the actress. Either way, I really like movies that are able to to just use one setting because it, sh- it to me at least it shows that there are other things important about the scene or about the story rather than the setting or just like what 's going on around the actual action of the movie or scene itself. Another reason why I like short films is because I can pick them apart as I do with every movie. But I, th- I feel like there's more space to pick these movies apart because, as I said before, where they are so short, a lot of stuff is not outwardly made apparent to you. You're kind of given the extra room to explore what the film means, what the intentions were, etc. And so for the ballerina, I think that this story explores how... People may push themselves to perfection and they scrutinize themselves and maybe even like taking the fun out of something that they really should be enjoying. I mean a lot of dancers, from my knowledge, started dancing because they love to do it. They had fun doing it. But every but after a while, whether you know, like if you enter yourself into competitions or you you join a dance studio, after a while it may be It may become something of a chore because trying to be perfect for a ward or trying to be perfect to please someone else can overcome just your passion to enjoy dancing as a whole. Something about this film and the way that the actress engages with the reflection is that They seem to contrast each other, where the ballerina is a little bit more serious in her demeanor and how she dances and just sees the art of dancing. Her reflection is a little bit more playful. The most telling evidence of this is the facial expressions. Whenever the ballerina first discovers that her reflection is detached from her, She is a little freaked out but once she sees what the reflection is wanting aka a dance battle (laughs) I guess essentially she remains straight-faced and then the reflection as it's giving dance moves for the ballerina to match her face resembles the face of like a child almost where a child is like testing something or seeing how something works and they have kind of a like wondrous expression on their face even after the reflection kills the ballerina the reflection continues to dance very badly but you can tell that it's having fun doing it and that's why i believe the reflection got upset with the ballerina in the first place I wonder if the reflection would have killed the ballerina had the ballerina not been trying to correct her and fix the way that she was dancing. I don't know. I feel like if I was trying to have fun and somebody kept correcting me and telling me that I should be doing something better when I was really just doing it out of fun, I would be mad too. This this short film does remind me a little bit of Suspiria because in both films, feature and short, you see how dancers are- are pushed to and past their limits for that perfection quality and as I was watching it especially just the way that the reflection moves in particular it was reminding me of Suspiria. More things that I do like about this short film is I like the moody lighting because it, it stayed consistent throughout and the use of music was very influential It seemed to have taken the place of dialogue because there wasn't a lot of dialogue or any dialogue actually in this film because there was only one actress. I liked how sometimes the music even seemed to act as communication between the reflection and the dancer. So if you would like to watch this short film for yourself, of course it's only eight minutes, rounding rounding it up to eight minutes, you can find that link in the show notes of this episode. I do hope you check it out that you come up with with beliefs of your own in regards to the motivations of the reflection and what the story as a whole means. Moving on to the second film for this episode is The Mirror. This short film was produced by Crazy 8s, but it was platformed by Alter If you've watched short films before especially on YouTube then you probably are familiar with Alter because they are a platform for showcasing horror short films in particular and so they're one of the most popular that I know of at least and all the short films that I've ever watched that I really really like are usually from Alter and they're not just like american short films either you have short films of all different regions and countries um and so this one in particular was directed by nessa aref i hope i'm saying that correctly it was also written by her and allison hall it's starring parmise sahat i hope i pronounced that right as well anisa chima and Maud green this story is a little bit lengthier I will say, it comes in at 11 minutes and 16 seconds, so it takes a little bit longer. This probably, I don't know, would I say it's like a 20-60-20? Maybe. Very well could be. Um, This story follows three friends who just left their high school prom abruptly. One of the friends is bored with prom and looking for more excitement in the night. The other two just wish to return to prom, but refuse to leave their friend behind. They're currently stuck in a weird place as friends, with the two of them going off to college and the other struggling to solidify post-graduation plans. So, as they approach an empty house for sale, the one friend decides to trespass in a way of escaping her two friends and their graduation conversation. Thinking they wouldn't dare to trespass with her, they prove their one friend wrong by entering the abandoned house. Side note, I keep I keep referring to them as the two friends and the one friend because I don't know their names. Like when the credits rolled, I they didn't say who was who. So I'm just saying one friend and two friend. I hope y'all can y'all can catch on. (laughs) Thinking they wouldn't dare to trespass with her, they prove their one friend wrong by entering the abandoned house. The one friend runs to hide behind a mirror, and when her two friends come inside, they venture over to the mirror and try to spin it around. Fearful of being seen, their one friend pushes it in the other direction, and it knocks them to the ground. They lay on the floor giggling, but they're not mad, which catches their one friend by surprise. They suggest staying in the house instead of returning to prom and having their own party. After a little dance montage, they fall to the floor out of exhaustion. As they carry on with conversation, the one friend realizes something is wrong with her two friends. They're talking about declining their college offers and setting fire to their... Post graduation plans. It's then that the two friends bring her to the mirror to show her that she had entered an alternate dimension where the friends she came with are trapped in the other dimension. The alternate friends tell her she's better off in this world with them because her other friends were going to leave her all alone. Right as she goes to leave the house with them, she sees her alternate self harming her friends in the mirror's reflection. She changes her mind from leaving and smashes the mirror to set her friends free. This story was less horror and more thriller, I would say, but of course, we're on the theme of mirrors and this one just fit perfectly, especially when a lot of spiritual people, I would say, and I'm sure there it's also in some just cultures in general believe that a mirror is an extension to Another dimension or another universe they also believe it's a gateway for other things to kind of come into this world and so I believe this story kind of bounces off of that idea it also captures the feelings that one may go through as they prepare to watch their friends leave for college there's a lot of anxiety surrounding it for multiple reasons. So this one character who's having to stay back in their town. And I don't even think she's gotten accepted to community college yet. But her two friends are going off to college out of state, out of town, whichever it is. And I th- she is having anxieties, one, because... Her future is kind of undecided and unsolidified, but also she feels like her friends are literally leaving her behind. So then, when the alternate dimension comes into play, and her two friends have seemingly been, I don't know, possessed, or like this is just their alternate selves in this alternate dimension. It's almost, they almost play as a manifestation of her anxieties as they're saying, oh, your friends were going to leave you anyways and you would have been all alone, so you should just stay here with us. We'll have so much fun. I mean, she almost goes with them because everything that they're saying is just reassurance and affirming the fears that she already had. I feel like this story is a good resemblance to Coraline as odd as that may sound because it's a kids movie and it's claymation but you have these two these two opposing universes you have the real the real world or the universe that you're used to that you live in every day and then you have the other one with the other mother and the other father and so in both of these stories the characters realize that the quote-unquote other world isn't worth living in because someone or something becomes hurt in the process and they learn to be appreciative of what they do have you know with Coraline too she had anxieties about being abandoned as a child like her parents were already kind of mentally and emotionally abandoning her and so I think that her fears of abandonment physically manifested when she woke up and her parents were nowhere to be found in the real world, and then she had her other parents to turn to for a consolation and emotional support whenever she needed them, until they turned bad, until they showed their true faces. Now, because this movie was more thriller than horror, I found it to be a little boring, I'm not going to lie. It was a cute little like PG thriller for the kids, you know. But for me, I like my I like my short films to give to give me the heebie-jeebies. Especially cuz you you only got 30 minutes to to deliver me a scare, and a lot of short films will deliver the scare that you need. Of course, this one just wasn't all that like scary, but that's not to say that it wasn't good. No. I feel like the cast was very good. I think that the depiction of the alternate dimension was also fairly good. I really like when horror movies kind of foreshadow certain kills or the ending um, with the weapon that will be used. And it's something that I pay attention to in almost every horror movie or show. That When I notice that they're showing certain stuff on purpose if I feel like in the opening credits they're showing certain items around the house I'm like I wonder if this will be used later on I make a mental note of it and then I continue to watch the movie and then I notice that those same things from the beginning are being used now towards the end to battle this you know malevolent creature or intruder or whatever it is and so this movie is no different and in the beginning one friend throws their shoe at the one trying to walk out of prom and she says that could have hit me well that same friend uses that same shoe to smash the mirror to break her friends free of course this isn't it wasn't used as a weapon against something bad in particular, but it was used in the payoff and it's the same thing tomato tomato that was you know that was a that was a fun little moment for me at least because I love to be proven correct. Maybe that's my red flag. I don't know. I want to keep working on what do you what do I call this a segment <laughs> i want to keep working on this segment so to speak um because i think that it could really it it could be something fun for me and you if you enjoy short films or have never given them a chance it could really of course like all of the new movies and theaters like you can see a bunch of different reviews for those on letterboxd or on imdb rotten tomatoes instagram tiktok twitter and make your decision like that all everyone's talking about the newest movies in the theaters but i think that short films deserve some love too so i hope to keep uh working on this segment and <laughs> perfecting it oh i'm not i'm not going to turn into the ballerina i don't want my limbs to be broken but i want to keep working it and reworking it so that it can continue to get Better. This was my first time doing it. So if if you have any suggestions, if you've watched any short films that you feel that you want me to watch and talk about on the podcast, or if you just, you know, have some suggestions in terms of how I can make the segment better or um, what I what I could do to make it more fun, whatever, whatever it is, you can find me on Instagram at your horror podcast. You can find me on Twitter at your horror podcast, tiktok, unbound, rewound podcast, if you follow me on one social media, you'll be able to find all of my social medias, so as long as you have one, that's, that's fine, and of course, I'm also on Letterboxd, at Avery, C-O-F, as in Frankenstein, I can't rate these short films, because I, they're not on Letterboxd, but you can find all my other ratings for other films. I watch other movies besides horror, y'all. So you you know you'll find you'll find a lot of other movies in the ratings. Um, I'm curating some Letterboxd lists for funsies. So if you want to check those out, they are on there and they're public. But yeah, don't hesitate to to reach out and to tell me what you think about the show if you're interested in being a guest you can find the guest form in the show notes below too so fill that out and we can get to talking and get to planning and bring you on the show that's all I have for you this week though thank you so much for tuning in and I hope to catch you next episode